Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Morena, New Zealand. Good morning to you on this uh, Wednesday morning. And for us, uh, we have a, a pretty diverse show today. We're, we're going to, oh, I'd say avoid rugby, but we're going to steer away from it just a wee bit because of the fact that it's just been so hot and uh, pretty depressingly hot. I think if you can put those two words together over the last two or three days. Not much uh, coming out of uh, NZR in the, the last couple of days, apart from uh, Joe Malcolm, the media boss, uh, basically saying that it was her call to cancel the press conference. So uh, there was uh, a bit of furor after that, wasn't there? And, and then, of course, uh, we wait till uh, I think, tomorrow to find out the end result of the meetings. Uh, and, of course, uh, the Springbok side to go to South Africa. So is that to talk about. Um, and uh, perhaps we'll, we will open up our lines after 9.30 this morning. Uh, and you can have that opportunity to uh, to perhaps express your views on who you think should come and go out of the All Blacks. Because at the end of the day, whilst the focus has been on uh, Ian Foster, there's still a new team to be selected and uh, who will be in and who will be out. Maybe your calls after 9.30. But prior to that, I'm really pleased to say we've got Jane Patterson uh, coming to us. Now, Jane is the Chief Operating Officer for the New Zealand side of the FIFA Women's World Cup. It's a year to the day till it begins. How exciting. Uh, so we'll catch up with Jane very shortly. Uh, we'll have a multi. Uh, we'll have Hugh Bain on uh, coming to us uh, about basketball in this country. Very special time for women's basketball with Tawiki, of course, uh, being launched this year. Just how's that going? Sam Ackerman, Brad Lewis, the panel this morning. Uh, and then, uh, of course, we've got uh, uh, an update with uh, Andrew Voss. Now, we usually speak to Vossi, of course, about the NRL on a Monday. Monday was so chocker full of uh, rugby that we just didn't have time. So Vossi's coming into us after 11 o'clock this morning. A stump smithy, just the regular uh, pieces of, um, of play for us throughout the morning as well. But uh, let's uh, get stuck into the show uh, and let's talk women's football. Well, as I said, today marks one year until uh, FIFA Women's World Cup kicks off in New Zealand and Australia. Dual hosts, of course, in what is being heralded as a tournament of firsts. It's the FIFA first in the Southern Hemisphere, the first to be co-hosted across two federations, plus it will be the first to feature 32 teams after France, a 2019 played host, to just 24. Uh, women's football appears to be going from strength to strength, which uh, will please our next guest greatly. Uh, joining us on the line, as I said, New Zealand's Chief Operating Officer for this big event, Jane Patterson. Jane, good morning to you, and uh, thanks uh, for giving us a bit of your time. Good morning to you, and thank you for having me. Jane, uh, a year out. It's getting real, isn't it? It certainly is. I was just thinking this morning as I was preparing for this one year to go that it's 
just over two years since um, New Zealand and Australia won won the bid, and here we are, one year to go, and wake up tomorrow and say we're inside inside a year. So super exciting. It absolutely is, and of course you've just had a taste of uh, women's football, um, and just to get you. Uh, warmed up for the event because you've been at the Women's Euro, I understand, where they've had some really big crowds over there. Yeah, absolutely. I was um, had, had the great fortune of being at a match last Monday in, in Brighton and sat in a packed stadium, you know, 31,000 seats, you know, massive excitement, lots of women and girls and men, boys there to enjoy it. And the atmosphere was just absolutely incredible. And the quality of football that was being played was you know amazing i think they thought that the bookies had that match against norway at three to two but uh but they took it out eight eight nil so it was an incredible experience and i just sat there and thought wow this is what we've got to look forward to this is what new zealanders have got to look forward to and i pictured myself sitting in eden park at the opening ceremony on the 20th of july in 2023 would be absolutely uh, fantastic if we could uh, pack Eden Park for that. And I've got a sneaky suspicion, uh, and I, I'm touching you all the wood I can in my studio here with the basis that nothing gets in the way of this, which we've had in the last few years. We're going to be inundated with football fans from around the world. We certainly are. You know, we've got, um, this is 32 teams playing 64 matches over 32 days across nine cities and two countries. So it's big. And, you know, the country in New Zealand, as we live, we're great fortune to live in a sports bad nation. Um, and I've got no doubt that New Zealanders are just going to get behind us and love uh, what, what they're going to experience when they see the quality of football. Um, those are the images we've been seeing, right, recently with sold-out stadiums, um, players becoming household names. And that's what New Zealanders have, have got to look forward to right here on our home soil. And that's unique. And, and I, I know, I just know that New Zealand is going to get behind it and love it. Well, we're starting to see the football ferns play a lot more games. And uh, fortunately, we can see quite a few of them on television as well. But the shame has been, Jane, of course, that we haven't been able to welcome teams to our country for uh, the best part of uh, three years, which means we're, it's, it's very hard to either to create a profile, but it's very hard to understand or get to know our players. So you've got a job, I, I guess, uh, within, within the group to, to make sure we can make those people more recognisable, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And that, that's how community engage, isn't it? It's, it's when they get to know the players, they recognise them, they follow their stories. And so we'll be working very closely with New Zealand football and, um, and making sure that we do have that opportunity. And we announced that recently with the um, New Zealand football Ferns playing a couple of friendlies um, in February next year. And that's going to be the opportunity to get a bit of a taster of what's to come um, in July with the, with the tournament. But most importantly, it's just an opportunity to engage those communities so that they can get to know these players and, and follow their journey to the FIFA Women's World Cup. So when they sit in the stands and they're, you know, they're dressed in their colours and they're supporting their team, they, they know um, who they're supporting. And that's, that's the job we've got to do and, and we'll do it. We'll do it well. Uh, Jane, we've also got, of course, um, to finalise the, the the actual. We know the number of teams, but we don't know the actual participants as yes, because there's a uh, playoff tournament to be played between ten nations, uh, and we'll get some of that here, won't we, as well? Yeah, we're going to have the playoff tournament um, in Hamilton, Kitakiri Rua, and Auckland, Tamaki Makara next year in February, and that's the last ten 
um, 10 teams vying for the last three spots. Um, but before then, we've got the uh, the draw on the 22nd of October in, in Auckland, Tamaki Makara, and that's when we're going to get a real sense of um, on which side of the Tasman are these 32 teams going to live, and so which which are the countries that will reside in New Zealand for the um, for the group stage matches? So we're really looking forward to that day. And at that time, uh, you'll launch your ticket sales. We will. We're, look, we're actually we're launching our ticket sales on the 6th of October, which is um, fantastic news. And tickets are going to start at $20 for adults, $10 for children. So, you know, our commitment, in is to make sure that this is an inclusive tournament, that any New Zealander that wants to be able to go into the stadium, support their teams, are going to be able to do that. So we've priced it um, to ensure that we've got a fr- family-friendly tournament, uh, you know, in a sports mad nation. And now tell us about uh, the four venues you've uh, picked for New Zealand, please. So we've got uh, Auckland Tamaki Makaurau, um, Hamilton Kiriurua, where we are um, this morning after a beautiful uh, dawn ceremony um, to mark the one year to go. And then we've got uh, Wellington and also down south in Dunedin. But then outside of our match um, host cities, we've got 31, around 31 training sites uh, around the country. And some of those are in our match cities and others are in regions um, outside of the match cities. So that's going to give New Zealanders the opportunity from, you know, the north right down south um, to touch this uh, this tournament in some form, if not in a stadium or watching it on television, then perhaps down at a training site watching the quality of the the girls' uh, training uh, before they play their big matches. Jane, I was reading uh, an article about the Unity pitch uh, as part of your um, your launch and part of your build-up for this. Could you explain a wee bit about the Unity pitch? Well, that the Unity Unity pitch is, you know, we always say that sport unifies nations, don't they? And so the Unity pitch is, at the moment, it's in Australia. That's how they're launching um, their one year to go in, in Sydney this morning. We will have the Unity pitch um, here in and around um, the draw in October and that's the opportunity to take a symbol um, and that, that, as I said, symbolises the, the unity that comes from the great game, football. OK, the, the volunteers. I mean, all tournaments, all world tournaments, whether it be the Olympics, uh, all the way down to wherever requiring uh, volunteers. What kind of volunteer base are you looking from? Where are they going to come from? We're looking for volunteers across all of uh, all of the regions, particularly in the match cities, but then also in some of those regions I talked about where our training sites are. We're about to launch our volunteer program next next month, um, and you know that'll be roles from in, in stadium, uh, the administrative side of it, out at training sites and IBCs broadcast. You know, but the I always say with major events. They don't happen without the volunteers, and the volunteers bring that spirit. They bring that welcoming um, moment for people when they're arriving in stadiums. So I think we're looking at about 5,000 volunteers across both countries um, come 2023. Uh, The Cricket World Cup, uh, Jane, as you well know, we just had it this year in this country. uh, Regardless of the fact we had uh, COVID restrictions on some of the venues for quite some time, it's still... was regarded as a, a very successful uh, event, portrayed uh, pretty well around the world. So, uh, did you look at that? Uh, I understand you might even have been in, uh, involved in that uh, in some capacity as well. 
Uh, I wasn't involved in it other than to um, support uh, Andrea Nelson and, and her team in, in the delivery of it. I mean, we've, New Zealand's got this unique opportunity where we're hosting three Women's World Cups across rugby, cricket and, and football. So we've, we've worked closely between the three of us and tried to identify ways that we can support with each other, you know, sharing best practice, um, getting ideas of what one another can do. I mean, what I witnessed was something incredibly successful given the constraints that they were working in. Um, and, and it was an example of the fact that New Zealanders are interested and love sport. We will get out to support sport. The stadium that I was in when I went and saw the cricket twice, you know, they had great fans and a great, great fan base supporting them. So I wasn't involved directly, but I certainly was there supporting along the way. Uh, Jane Patterson, fan engagement, match day experience. That's a bit of a catchphrase thing when we come to big events these days. So uh, how are you going to uh, try and ensure that, bearing in mind your, your family-type um, perspective you've got of, of groups coming to this event? Well, I, I turned my eye to what I saw in, um, in England last week, um, and that was fan, fan festivals or fan parties, as they were known over there, for the opportunity to bring... Fam, family and friends together into one area, face painting for the kids, merchandise that you know allows them to wear the colours um, of their of their teams and support their teams, and just you know the music, the atmosphere, and 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 ensuring that where we can, um, both in the lead up to um, the tournament and at other opportunities, is have have the players accessible um, to community groups and school groups so that. Um, the engagement that they have come tournament time is, you know, they're recognisable and, and, and they know them. But but we'll be working hard to ensure that, that the experience isn't just what is felt in the stadium. It's, it's literally all the way through from buying your ticket to getting home at the end and celebrating what a great experience you've had. And, of course, I guess uh, the... The overriding goal is to get more young women playing football, young girls who want to look at superstars and, and, and say, I want to be in that tournament in 10 years' time. I, I guess that, that is the ultimate goal for the growth of the game. That's right. And, you know, they, they, as the saying goes, if you can see it, you can be it. And that's what New Zealand football's legacy goals is all about. I think they're, they're committed to have more women and girls playing in fact, I think they had a participation goal of about 7% year-on-year growth. Um, and, you know, we look at the example of the Wellington Phoenix, um, who joined the A-League um, woman in 2021, and they became the first professional um, side in Oceania. And so that's a really good example of the legacy outcome that was fast-tracked um, as a result of this tournament, which gives, you know, Kiwi players a professional pathway. So they're all the sorts of things that... Um, that New Zealand football will be working very hard on to ensure that at the end of the FIFA Women's World Cup in August next year, when that packs up to, um, to, to go to the next venue, that the legacy is lasting um, in New Zealand and, and felt right across the board. Jane, uh, for those people that are unable to get to venues, etc., that uh, want to watch it on, on television, who are your broadcast partners and um, how that's pan how's that panning out? 
Um, so Sky Television is our broadcast partner with a, with a commitment to, to free-to-air as part of that, which we will um, provide more details on uh, closer to the time. But there will be no excuse not to not to be involved in this tournament. As I said, if you're not in a stadium, um, you could be at a fan festival or you could be sitting at home watching it on television. I think one of the um, most interesting things about women foot, women's football in the world, Jane, is the profile of of how it's growing. But that has been led by uh, the women's team from the United States, which have achieved uh, pay supremacy in some areas over their men's counterparts. Uh, I'm not quite sure we quite grasp how big this this is going to be for a lot of countries as yet. I I, I don't disagree with you and I, I think that the size and scale and the magnitude of this tournament um, isn't necessarily felt right now but I think what we're experiencing as you said for what we're seeing coming from overseas the storytelling that's been told around these sold out stadiums the quality of football and as I said these household these women that are becoming household names it's coming we're starting to you know read that and and that's that's what's starting to educate um, New Zealanders and then you back that up with the opportunity to see some of the best in the world do what they do on home soil um, and the, through the playoff tournament and the football fans playing their friendly matches it's certainly going to be an opportunity to um, gather and understand better just how big how big the tournament will be. How many whiteboards you got in your office, and and uh, how many how many things have you got on there with dates uh, and qu- uh, exclamation marks alongside them? <laughs> you don't want to know how many whiteboards are across our whole office, um, but um, and and it's, and it's certainly a lot of dot points on there. Yeah. But you know we're in good shape. We're, we're you know the pandemic has has been challenging, no doubt. You know it's been challenging for everyone, but it is what it is. You know, and we've worked our way through it. And now we've got whiteboards that are covered with fantastic ideas about how we ensure that we deliver this on time and something that's world-class that New Zealanders will just never forget. No, I don't think they quite realise how special it's going to be. And when it's over, I think they'll get the message, Jane. Uh, Fantastic to have you on. Um, Tomorrow morning you'll wake up, it'll be 364 days. So uh, I wish you all the best with uh, the preparation as it stands now. uh, And we'll, of course, want to catch up with you as things progress uh, for this amazingly popular and exciting event. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, and look forward to catching up again. Yeah, cheers. Uh, Jane Patterson there, Chief Operating Officer for the New Zealand arm of the FIFA Women's World Cup, launched this morning at a dawn service uh, in Hamilton. Uh, They have a unity pitch uh, coming across from Australia, which uh, will include fan engagement, etc. Just to give you some idea, folks, uh, the opening crowd for the first uh, game uh, of the Women's Euro, England against Austria, was 68,871 at the ground. 68,871 at the ground. Uh, And the, the Women's El Clasico, uh, in Spain, 91,000 watched Barcelona play Real Madrid. 91,000 people turned up to watch Barcelona women's team play the Real Madrid women's team. Uh, and Barcelona later in the, in Euro played uh, Wolfsburg, 91,600. And the viewing audience for the last Women's World Cup in France, 1.12 billion broadcast visits. 1.12 billion broadcast visits. It'll only get bigger, and we're part of it, and that's how exciting it is.
When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.